Good morning, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all on this nice, wonderful morning the Lord's given to us out there. So somebody was saying, how are you doing today, Pastor? I said, well, it is kind of nasty outside, but there's sunshine in my soul, right? So uh, that's, where, that's how I'm doing. I'm not, I refuse to let that uh, bring me down. It's one of those times of year where you can't figure out what to do with the heat or the air conditioning or where it's supposed to be. So if you're uncomfortable, get over it. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. Uh, well, thanks. Welcome. For, welcome. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, please stop by the Welcome Center out there. We have a gift for you. If you're first time joining us online, uh, scan the QR code or stop by our website. Let us know that you're out there and it encourages us to know there's somebody out there listening. Let's see, children's ministry training is coming up on November the 19th, so get ready for that. That's after the morning service. There'll be lunch provided and then ministry training for everyone who's involved in children's ministry. So uh, it says if you would like to help or are currently helping in Sunday school, children's church, uh, we have a mandatory meeting coming up. So if you're currently helping or would like to help in those two ministries, please plan that day. Mark it on your calendar. November the 19th. Ladies, Christmas party. Sounds like most of you have found out about it. I think there's about seven of you signed up for it. But anyway, that's Saturday, December 19th. Uh, coming up, 9.30 to 11 o'clock. Sign up in the vestibule area out there for the ladies' Christmas party. Christmas in Wanamaker is coming up on Saturday, December the 2nd. See Pastor John and Pastor Brett for details. So we'll be doing that again. There's a, there's a parade. Uh, we have an opportunity to do a couple of things. We, we have a booth. And we manned that booth, and I forgot to get that sign-up for you out there. I will have that for you next week, Lord willing. Out there, you can sign up for times. Uh, and what we do is we give away popcorn, we give away hot chocolate. As people come through, we're not selling anything, but we're just giving them things from our church, inviting them to our church. If you have an opportunity to talk to someone about the Lord, it's a great opportunity uh, for that to take place. So that's Christmas and Wanamaker coming up. And then, of course, we have a float and the parade. And if you're interested in helping out with that, then you can let us know. We'll tell you how you can help out with the float as well. And most of you, many of you write it. So that's always fun. And then uh, trunk or treat winners. Oh, yes, I have those winners. Did I bring the things with me? That's the question. Yes, I did. Hey, I'm good. All right. So uh, these people need to uh, see us. Congratulations to third place winner goes to Chad and Angie Carter. Congratulations, Chad and Angie. I don't know where they're at. Yes, give them a hand. They can see me later on. You don't have to come up right now, but uh, if you want your gift card, you have to see me. Otherwise, I'll spend it for you. Uh, second place winners are J.D. and Abby Ray. Congratulations to them. Thank you. And first place winners go to Robert and Jeanette Murray. Congratulations. Y'all come, all right? Y'all come. They were Mom and Paul Kettle. Now, many of you don't even know who Mom and Paul Kettle are. There they are. Um, but you may or may not know this, but Ma Kettle, her actual name, Marjorie Maine, was born not very far from here in Bogstown, Indiana, just right down the street. And uh, so, and those of you who are still trying to figure out who they are, um, there's probably some, something on YouTube out there, I'm sure, that you could find a Ma and Paul Kettle, and I don't know how to explain it. It's just, that's Ma and Paul Kettle. But anyway, congratulations to you folks. We are excited for that. Before we get to the Missionary of the Week, I have this as well, uh, the Nursing Home Ministry. They're collecting uh, blankets again this Christmas for the residents. And uh, you say, we, didn't we do that last year? Yes. I'm going to remind you of a couple things. One is, you don't reuse those, right? You understand? And it is kind of a 
turnover type of ministry, right? You understand? I'm just trying to... So anyway, we are collecting them again. They need about 50 of those, and there's two, uh, two uh, plastic basket things out there for you to uh, put them in. So uh, if you want to um, get involved in that, that'd be great. Our missionaries of the week are the Petersons in Germany. Uh, it says we have a new visitor uh, at the church for the last six weeks uh, named Leone. She is saved, but her husband is probably not. They have two small children. And uh, while I was in the States, our co-worker, two men in our church, my wife, and, uh, my wife Jenny and my sister Laura, who is visiting with Hamburg, were picked up the jobs that I normally do while he was in the States. So anyway, those, just, he was really asking, I didn't need to read that last part, uh, for us to pray for Leone and her husband as they're coming. Let's have the men come. We'll take up the morning offering. Our opportunity to uh, give back to the Lord as he has taken such good care of us. And you folks take good care of the church. We appreciate that so much. Uh, Brother Chuck, would you ask God's blessing on the offering on the Petersons in Germany as well? please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful to be together this morning to worship you, sing praises to you. Pray to bless our hearts, challenge us through your word, help us to be open and receptive to your Holy Spirit's working in our lives. Thank you for our missionaries, for their sacrifice and for their service. Pray for the Petersons. Pray for their ministry as they reach out to the people in Germany. Pray to continue to bless their ministry there. Bless this offering. Use it to further the work here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
And then, thank you, Mary, haven of rest. Now, we're going to sing this morning about peace that we can have. And I know there's a lot going on in our world right now and uh, may bring some um, frustration, some fear, um, so maybe some confusion. And yet we can have peace and joy because we know that God is in control and that we can rest in him. And that was a perfect song leading into We're going to sing three verses of Constantly Abiding. So go ahead and stand with me as we sing all three verses, Constantly Abiding. There's a peace in my heart that the world never gave, a peace it cannot take away. Though the trials of life may surround like a cloud, I'm a peace that has come here to
those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. The epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin." For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. May the Lord prosper his word, whereto he send it, remain standing. We're going to continue singing about the joy and peace that we can have, and it's Song Rejoice in the Lord written by Ron Hamilton, and uh, he wrote it, and it makes a little bit more uh, of an impact and influence on my life when I think of all that he went through. And he starts by saying, God never moves without purpose or plan. And when he goes through trials or whatever difficulties we're going through, God has a plan in that. We were just talking about that in our college class this morning. In the midst of suffering, God has a plan for that. And we can have peace and rest in the fact that he does have a plan. We can have joy in that. So we're going to sing both verses of Rejoice in the Lord. Excuse me, all three verses. God never moves without purpose or plan when trying his servant and holding a man. Give thanks to the Lord, though your testing
continue singing. You can maybe be seated. We're going to continue singing by singing our hymn of the month. It's our last week to sing this. We're going to do it a little differently. We're going to sing the first verse, then the second verse, and then the chorus, and then three chorus, four chorus. All right, so just follow what's on the screen or follow me, but I'd follow what's on the screen. It's probably better than me. So we'll sing verse one, verse two, and then the chorus. Behold the cross where life eternal Crown 
ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing our final song. And sing it as well with my soul. We'll sing all four verses. I'm going to have the instruments drop out on that last chorus. Um, but sing about the peace that we can have despite all the things that go on. When peace like a river
you can learn how to sing. <laughs> Take your Bibles into Galatians chapter 5, the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. Uh, so just a couple things. Tonight, uh, I don't know if we I didn't mention it, this teen takeover night. It's the fifth Sunday. So this is uh, David Klingeman's first opportunity to uh, kind of lead this. So put some pressure on him, all right? So bring visitors, a thousand people sitting out here. That'd be great, wouldn't it? And uh, so that'll be here. So then uh, Jonathan Washer is with us today. And so since tonight we have Teen Takeover, he's not going to be able to be here. Yesterday, our guys, some of our guys, went with him to prison uh, and played some soccer. Jonathan, come on up here and tell us a little bit about what happened yesterday and tell us what else is happening in your ministry, if you would. One of our missionaries, Jonathan Washer. All right, I do want to say thank you uh, to Southeast Baptist Tabernacle and allowing us to be here, Pastor Ray and his friendship and kindness to our family uh, over the many years. And I couldn't help but notice that um, many of the songs that we sang this morning, though Pastor Brett uh, said that they were supposed to remind us of the peace uh, and the rest that we have uh, in Christ in difficult circumstances, many of them mentioned the blood. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. And uh, the only way that there is peace with God, and the only way we can have the peace of God, is through the blood of Christ. And I mention that because yesterday, uh, some of your men that are here were able to go in uh, to the prison up in Pendleton and uh, present the good news of the shed blood of Jesus Christ uh, to these men. And uh, I want to say thank you to all of you guys that came. There were 10 of us 
uh, 11 of us. I don't count myself because I let a goal in. All right, so yeah, I confess. The score, we did win, okay? We won. It was 3-1. to one. I got scored on, okay? So it was my fault. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, but we, uh, we've played there three times now, a uh, soccer game. And uh, so now we are 2-1 and one up there. But the whole point of us being there is for us to be able to sit down with these men. We put it, take them to the gym and uh, present the wonderful truth of, of God's Word uh, to them. And I have in my hand uh, six cards from men uh, that responded uh, that wanted to turn to the Lord for salvation. And one of them I want to draw your attention to. It says this. His name is Jeffrey. He's 41 years old. And he said this. Uh, my decision today was to believe that because of the blood of Christ, I'm near to God. And because uh, I emphasize Ephesians 2.13, how far off we are. Obviously, Gentiles are far off, but we can be made nigh by the blood of Christ. And so we're all separated from God, right? Until the blood of Christ was shed for us. And so praise the Lord for those uh, that responded yesterday. Those who heard the gospel, there was a Muslim man that approached me and, and David afterwards. He heard the gospel too. And uh, praise the Lord that um, perhaps some of them had never heard the truth of God's word. And uh, so going on in our ministry, we are in the almost coming to the end of our, uh, we travel by semesters. We've been in Pennsylvania prisons, uh, Ohio prisons, and then we'll go back. I'll be going back to Ohio prisons and Pennsylvania prison and then be done about Thanksgiving. Uh, but if you don't know anything about our ministry, basically we just go and take sports and use sports as an opportunity to give the gospel uh, to inmates all over the nation. And we're excited uh, because coming up in February, we have an open door that we've never had before, and that is we're going to be, we've been invited to come to the state of Colorado uh, to go to most of the prisons in the state of Colorado. Uh, and it's exciting to us because it's someone that's in central office uh, for the prisons that's invited us to come, and so the door's going to be even more open uh, because of that. So uh, we'll be going to Colorado this summer. Again, we'll be taking some guys in to play basketball. If you would love to go play basketball in prison, you know you want to, uh, you can come join us uh, this summer. And uh, well, I forgot to mention, one of the things that excited me about yesterday was that the, the guy that's in charge is actually invited. Uh, he talked to Pastor Brett. By the way, Pastor Brett, thank you so much for all that you did to get all the guys together. There's a lot of work. And I uh, talked to David about potentially bringing in some guys to play basketball in February. I don't know what, but Pastor Brett looked really nervous when he got invitation to come and play basketball. Um, but uh, again, if you want, uh, hopefully they can get it together. And again, they can go and, get, and preach the word of God coming up uh, in February to these guys playing basketball. So uh, thank you so much again for your encouragement, your support of us as we go all over the nation and give the gospel to inmates uh, using sports. Six men trusted Christ yesterday, so that's just an exciting uh, opportunity the Lord's opened up. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that, not tonight, but next Sunday night, so uh, looking forward to uh, that. Genesis, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5. As we're looking at this, so we've been on Sunday mornings throughout this month, and this is the last of the uh, month of October, which by the way means that this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month of November. And we do a, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, so I need to kind of mention it every now and again. It's not something a lot of churches do, but we do a Wednesday morning service as well as a Wednesday night service. Our goal is to make those services identical, at least as identical as we can. Uh, you know, if you know anything about the way your pastor preaches, there's no such thing as identical. So, but anyway, um, we, um, so what we do is... Uh, 
the whole idea was when we started this that there are some people who can't drive late at night, it gets dark and they can't drive, so we thought, well, we'd start a once a month Wednesday morning, and it has become so popular that we had just turned it into a every Wednesday morning, so we've been doing this by, I think, our third year, and uh, so um, we have about 40 people right now that come out every Wednesday morning, they, they would prefer to do that, so you're invited. That has kind of morphed into becoming at least the once a month thing, because on the first Sunday, first Wednesday of each month, we follow it up with a lunch that's provided uh, by your pastoral staff, right? So it's just Brett and I now, David, we throw David in there. He didn't sign up for that. He's like, wait a minute. But anyway, uh, with Andrew being gone, so uh, we, we try to prepare a, uh, some kind of meal for you. This week, just letting you know, it's going to be uh, soups and salad. And so uh, we'll have that on Wednesday. But it's kind of morphed into a replacement of the monthly Golden Prayer Warriors meeting. So I'm just letting you know if you're thinking, whatever happened to Golden Prayer Warriors? Well, it's kind of morphed into that first of the month, which is this coming Wednesday. So uh, if you're 55 and older and uh, you're willing to admit it, <clears throat> then you can start coming to the Golden Prayer Warriors as well. Start, service starts at 11, the lunch is at noon, and uh, look forward to uh, all of the things that are happening there. So anyway, we've been looking at the gospel every Sunday morning. And one of the things, you know, so we've looked at why people ought to consider the gospel, why people ought to give consideration to Christ. And we've looked at the idea that life is short. We've looked at the idea that after this life there's a judgment. We've looked at the idea that there's uh, a wonderful place that God has prepared for us called heaven. Uh, we've looked at the idea that there's a difficult place that... All of those who, by the way, and we mentioned this last week, that God has to do nothing for people to go to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. We're condemned already, the Bible says. Because we are sinners, we're separated from God, which means we can't go to be in heaven unless something happens to make that possible. So if we stay in our condition, we go to hell. That's just the reality of it. Uh, but God, in his grace, made a way for salvation through Jesus Christ. Today, I want us to consider another reason to consider the gospel is a very, very practical reason. Have you ever had someone ask you, what if it's not true? Have you ever had someone ask you that? Pastor John, what if, what if everything we believe about the Bible, I'm talking about Christian people come to me and they say, Pastor John, what if, what if everything we believe about the Bible, what if it's not true? And I'm going to tell you something that uh, it is true, by the way, first of all. Let me just make that clear, all right? And uh, it is true, not because I say so, either. Do you understand that? This church doesn't have the ability to make it true. But God, who wrote it, does. And it's true. But if it weren't, the reality is the Christian life is worth living. It's better than any other life on the planet. You know, so I want to talk about the very practical side of the Christian life, which is what it does for us right now because yes we do have a great future in store that's true but David said I had fainted in Psalm 27 verse 14 I think it is he said I, had, I would have quit unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord you may know that next phrase in the land of the living right here and now David said I would just I would call it quits because life is hard and I would throw in the towel, except that I know this, that the goodness of the Lord is something I can see right here, right now. And I want us to consider what being a Christian does for us 
on this side of eternity. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, a passage of Scripture you're very familiar with. We'll read it and then we'll pray and jump into this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Father, help us today to consider what it does for us right now to know your Son as our Savior, how it might impact our lives immediately, our families, our friends, our job, our society, what it would mean for us to live out the life you've called us to. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't have time to go through every one of these, so I'm going to pick some themes here, and I'm going to add a couple that aren't in this list, but they're in the list that God gives to us. There's a reason for us to consider the way that Christ has opened up that means something to us right now. And, and there, the, the, the primary themes are right there in the first three, love, joy, and peace. We see those, right? That's not the only primaries, right? When we get to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, And now by the faith, hope, charity, love, these three. But the greatest of these is, Charity, love. So, you know, he adds to there faith and hope that aren't in this list. And we're going to look at all these different things as well. But, you know, one of the things that happens immediately when someone comes to know Christ, the Spirit of God enters into us. We are, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And the fruit of the Spirit, or as a result of having the Spirit of God in our lives, things begin to happen from the inside out. And one of the top ones is love. It is an amazing thing. There used to be an old song. I know this is like the hippies song, you know, but uh, uh, we, it, it also became a Coca-Cola commercial. What the world needs now is... This is going out on the airways. People are going to be listening to this independent fundamental Baptist preachers. <laughs> but, you know, we laugh at it, and the reality is that's the world's opinion, but it is also God's. Would you agree? That what the world needs is love, the love of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, the love of God that changes us. And what happens when we become a Christian, one of the fruits of the Spirit is love, and all of a sudden people we couldn't get along with, we find it possible to get along with them. I mean, the Bible so describes this love that he gives us as a fruit of the Spirit that it impacts us in ways that are almost unimaginable. Of course, we love our family, right? But don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but the Bible says this. Unsaved people love their family. Remember when, when Jesus talked about the Father giving good gifts unto his children? He says, this is nothing to brag about this. Everybody knows how to give good gifts to their children, right? I mean, but God gives good gifts in, that have a different impact a different meaning his result is to make us christ-like and so you know he, he he's jesus says you know anybody can in, in romans chapter 12 where he's like anybody can love people who they're friendly with but this love that god gives us allows us not only to love our family not only to love our friends but it allows us to love our enemies think about that one 
all of a sudden, I mean, can you imagine if the world were all of a sudden living where every individual on the planet was oozing with the fruit of the Spirit of love? What would happen to all the wars and rumors of wars and nations rising against nations? What would happen if the Spirit of God did a work in every individual in your family? Can you imagine how different Thanksgiving would be if everyone who came to the table knew Jesus as their Savior? You may come from one of those families where it's your privilege to have a bunch of God's people gathering. But I'm going to tell you, most of the families represented here, that's not going to be the case. There's going to be a mixture of people gathering. Can you imagine how different it would be if everyone was oozing with the fruit of the Spirit of love? This life is one place that is impacted by, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, yes, we get to go to heaven, that's great. But David said, I would have given up a long time ago if I did not believe I could see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, in the right here and now. And God says, when I save you, I'm going to give you my spirit, and as a result of that, love is going to come into your life in ways you've never known. And while you think you love your family before, wait until the other side of salvation and you understand what love really is and how much differently you're going to love your family and how much you're going to be compelled by the love of Jesus Christ toward them, toward your neighbor, toward your co-worker, and yes, even toward your enemy. There's another one, by the way. He says, love is there, but the next fruit of the Spirit is what? Joy. Joy. Joy is a tough one, right? I mean, I, I say this to, I've said this from the pulpit, so you've heard me say this before. I've, I've said it to my kids a number of times growing up. If, if joy is a fruit of the Spirit, then where does joy come from? Don't make this hard. If joy is a fruit of the Spirit, where does it come from? From the Spirit, right? It comes from the Lord. So if someone takes your joy away, are you saying that your sister that you were fighting with took your joy away? is greater than the Spirit of God? Are you, are you telling me that your employer, who did not cooperate with your vacation plans, is greater than the Spirit of God? Are you telling me that cancer that's attacking your body is greater than the Spirit of God? If these things are a fruit of the Spirit, what, what joy allows us to do is to be able to, to uh, not lose hope in spite of the circumstance that we're in. Joy is a wonderful thing. In fact, here's what the Bible describes. When God says, I want to give you joy as a fruit of the Spirit, and here's what I want it to look like. I want it to be joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Now, unspeakable joy is a hard one to understand. But every parent here, knows unspeakable joy. Every parent. So, um, since we're not going to do birthdays tonight, uh, well, I guess we might, I don't know, but anyway, uh, last Thursday, 31 years ago, last Thursday, there was a young lady whose name was Carrie, and she had decided that she was going to try and raise her own child out of wedlock, and after, before the baby was born, after struggling with all of this, she decided she couldn't do that, and so uh, she decided to give her baby up for adoption. 
And 31 years ago, last Thursday, she met with Melody and I at St. Vincent Hospital. Actually, it would have been Friday because it was the day after. And she took J.D. in his arms, in her arms, and she read from 1 Samuel, chapter 1, where Hannah says, For this child I have prayed. And God answered my prayer. And now, I'm paraphrasing this, I'm going to give him back to the Lord. And she handed him into our, our arms. And you know what was happening at that moment for us? It was unspeakable. And full of glory. You, you, words can't express it, right? What do you do? How do you, how do you try to explain that to someone? It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what God wants to give us. Unspeakable joy. A, a joy that no one else can understand. A joy that allows you when you're facing cancer to not lose it. A joy that somehow allows you when life has just sent you in a, in a spiral, the wrong direction seemingly, and you still have your joy, the world is looking at us and scratching their head because they can't get it. It's unspeakable. I can't explain it. But it's full of glory. That's the joy God wants us to have. This joy, by the way, the Bible says, gives us strength. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what this joy does for us. It, it, it enables us to do those things that, that the world can't understand. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. He says, I'm going to give you the fruit of the Spirit, of love and of joy. And what's the third one? Peace. We've been singing about that today, right? And we have this peace, so we just sang, It is well with my soul. And you know the story of It is well with my soul. I I'm, I'm wasn't planning on this, but here we sing It is well with my soul. I guess I need to tell you. So, you know, Spafford, the writer of that song, uh, had sent his wife and, and daughters ahead on a boat across the, uh, across the pond to England, and he was going to join them later. And uh, was it to England or was it the other way around? It's to England, I think. And um, the ship sank uh, on the way over, and his wife survived, his daughters did not, and so he got a, he got a message, uh, back then it was a telegram from his wife across the pond that said, Saved alone. Saved alone. And so he got on the boat and was going to join them, and he gets you know, as best they could tell to the spot where the ship went down, he'd ask the captain, please let me know when we get here. And standing on the edge of the boat, looking over, God gives him a song. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. When sorrows, like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. How can we have peace when life is throwing us in the midst of a storm, God says, I'm not going to give you any peace. I'm going to give you a peace that passes all understanding. Folks, if we only got what God gives us on this side of eternity, salvation is worth considering. Salvation is worth it. What it does for us here as it gives us a love that cannot be 
explained, a, a joy that cannot be explained, a peace that cannot be explained. This is what, here's what the Bible says about this peace. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Perfect peace. This is what God has to offer us. When the Spirit of God indwells us and the, the Spirit begins to give us the gifts, the fruit that He has for our lives, it changes this world and our perspective of this world in ways that the world simply cannot understand. So the Apostle Paul was able to utter, here's another one, in Philippians chapter 4, not that we speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be Content. Contentment. That's a unique thing. We live in a world where no one's content. Right? No one's content. Think about it. Just, if you don't believe me, then just go, uh, go look at all the Facebook posts this afternoon. Right? Go through your Instagram things and see how much discontent there is. And it's not discontent like everybody's grumpy necessarily. It's discontent in the, I, I've got this, but I want more. 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 I'm never content. And yet, the Spirit of God steps in. And all of a sudden, you know what? I don't have to work 90 hours a week in order to have the boat. I'd rather just be content with my wife and kids. Wow. It changes us. It changes the way we think about life. It changes our perspective. Can you imagine if the world were impacted by the Spirit of God in this way, how much different the world would be. It's a reason, Christian, for us to be telling people about Jesus. It changes us here, not just there. There's another one. That's hope. Now by the faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Hope is a big one. What's our, what's our Bible definition for hope? Do you remember on Wednesdays we were studying this? What's our Bible definition? Say it again. Expectation. Hope isn't like, I, I hope so, that kind of concept, right? So just recently, like three weeks ago, whatever, the, the uh, lottery was, I don't want to know if you bought a lottery ticket, all right? But the lottery, but you know what, I'm, you know what I already know? You didn't win. <laughs> so, and it was like, what, $1.6 billion. Would that change your life, you think? Yes, it would change your life. All right, $1.6 billion. But here's the problem. We think that would change our life so much, but it would only change our life if we accessed the money. So, I'm, uh, here, so the government takes their share, so you end up with just a billion, just a billion, not much, but you end up with just a billion dollars. But we, here's the way we live our Christian life. God says, I want to give you all of this. I want to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory, a love that you cannot understand, a, a peace that passes all understanding. I want to give you all of these things. I want to bring you to contentment. And we, we go in and slip out a dollar. God's given us a billion, but we'll, I'll, I'll just take a dollar. Would you do that? If somebody gave you a billion dollars, would you spend one of them? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much. I just, and that's what we're living our Christian life, and we're missing something. But God says, I'm going to give you a hope. And hope is an expectation. You know, somebody might say, I hope I win the lottery, but you didn't. You know, but the hope of the Bible is not a, I hope so. It is an absolute certainty, and I'm anticipating it. I'm waiting for it. I'm expecting it. I don't hope, hope 
in quotes, that there's a heaven. I anticipate going there. Do you understand? I don't hope that God loves me. I anticipate him showing me every day how much he loves me. I expect it. And God wants to give us hope so that when we're going through difficult times, here's what the Bible says. Job, you've heard it. Chapter 23. He knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall was. It doesn't say I might come forth. It doesn't say this might happen, or I hope it's going to happen. This is our expectation, that God is going to take our trial and do wonderful things with it. So that when we come forth, we come forth as gold. That's what the Bible says. We have that expectation. We have in Jeremiah chapter 29, we have an expectation for our future. Not just our future in heaven, but our future here. Listen to what Jeremiah says. Famous passage of scripture, right? Every time somebody graduates, we read this passage of scripture. For I know the thoughts that I have, that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. The expected end is the, the blessing of God. And God says, I, I promise I'm taking you there. Just keep coming with me. I'm going to take you to the expected end. You're not going to be disappointed with where we're going. We have a hope for the future. Teenager, listen, I, I know we live in a world that, you know, there's battles being fought. And you think, what, what's going to happen? Is there any hope? Yes, there is hope. Are you breathing? Do you have the Spirit of God in you? then guess what? You have a hope, an expectation that God is bringing you to a grand place. And David said, and if it's just for the future of eternity, I'm ready to call it quits, but it's not for that. It's, David says, you know, I'd quit, except I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's right here and now. It's worth considering Christ if for no other reason than what it does for us right now, how it impacts our children, how it impacts our homes, our jobs, our society. We have a God who is worth considering. He gives us strength. Remember that song um, in first, Second Peter chapter 1? He doesn't just give us grace. He doesn't add just grace. What does he do? He multiplies grace. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 or 2. I can't remember. I, it's not in there, so you're probably looking for it. But God gives us grace and strength beyond measure. That old song says, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase to added affliction. He addeth his mercy to multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. You know, not listed, but you know what becoming a Christian does? It makes us better people. Christians, by and large, live moral lives. Live lives that they think of other people, not just themselves. 
the principles of God's word begin to show up. This life is a place that would be bettered by trusting in Jesus Christ. It not only gives us a wonderful future in heaven, but it gives us a wonderful future for the time we're here. You know, just last night, somebody you might know, by name anyway, lost hope, lost strength, threw in the towel. Matthew Perry used to be a star on the Friends TV show. Apparently committed suicide. They found him dead in his bathtub this morning on the news. Talking about it. Wow. You know what? You know what the Spirit of God can do for us? Give us a reason to live. Give us a reason for hope, for love, for joy, for peace, for strength, for encouragement. That's what God wants to do for us. Heads out, I suppose. Oh, there's so many reasons to consider Jesus. There's so many reasons to consider what God wants to do for us in the gospel. And one of them is very practical. God wants to give you a reason to live. Hope, contentment. Say, Pastor John, I know for a fact I've trusted Jesus Christ, my Savior, Pastor. If I die today, I know I'm on my way to heaven. That's not my concern. I know that. As testimony of that, would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? No one else will look around. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Most everybody. I couldn't see every hand, but most everybody. I'm going to talk to two people here, to two different groups of people. First to that Christian who says, I know Christ. Christian, are we accessing the fruits of the Spirit? God has given us a billion pounds of joy and a billion pounds of peace. And we're coming in and taking them one teaspoon at a time, missing out on what God has in store. And God's desire is not just to give us a home in heaven, but to give us a happy, productive, content, joyful, peaceful life in the here and now. See, Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian, but I'm missing it. I've set aside my joy. I've set aside my peace. I've set aside my contentment. Pastor John, I'm, I'm missing. And I'm like David. I'm ready to call it quits because I'm not seeing God at work right now. Pastor, would you pray for me? I know I'm a Christian. I'm just struggling to let the fruits of the Spirit do their job. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Three, four, five. Thank you. Then is there anyone here to say, Pastor, the truth is, I don't think I have the Spirit of God in me. I can't remember a time I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and His death on the cross as the payment for my sins. The truth is, Pastor, I'm not certain that I'm on my way to heaven and not only am I missing my eternal hope, my daily hope is not there. I need Jesus. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that? Is there anyone like that here today? Anyone make sure I see your hand? Father, I pray that you would help us as your people to exude the fruits of the Spirit, to access the fruits of the Spirit, to allow your Holy Spirit to do his job in our lives. Thank you for saving us. For these that have raised their hand, just encourage them. 
And God, I pray that you would, if there's someone here that does not know your son, that today they would understand the gospel and trust your son. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing, Nearer My God to Thee. You step out, let the Lord have his way, would you? Nearer my God to thee, nearer to thee, in though wondering and in case you care and even if you don't I'm going to say anyway yes that was my grandson who said Papa uh, back there just a minute ago so hi Peyton hi buddy bud <laughs> he's just looking anything else I'm supposed to announce tonight the teen takeover services are choir practice after Brett five o'clock choir practice before that be here to encourage our teenagers that means that they're leading the singing uh, they're playing the piano they're uh, providing special music, they're preaching. It's a teen takeover service, always an encouragement. If you've not been to one, you need to come and see what it's all about. It'll encourage your heart, all right? Lord, bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. God, loves, God bless you all, love you, you're dismissed.